Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Torch. Uh, this is Jake Roberts. And I am Kimberly Rowland. And we are super excited to have a very special guest here today, Stefano Santarelli. Stefano is the co-founder of MySpot, and he is visiting Arizona this week from Rome, Italy, my former home. Um, Stefano graduated from Roma Tre University in management, and he fell madly in love with his job. He's passionate about numbers, photography, cooking, and poetry. Stefano loves meeting new people, listening to different points of view, and discovering new topics. His motto is, learn as if you were to live forever, and his objective in life is to find and defend Ikigai, the Japanese, for a reason for being. He aspires to become as relentless as water, and when he gets the chance, he really enjoys running. So welcome to our podcast. Hi. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Thanks for hosting me. So whenever anyone comes on to our show, even if it's somebody that we know really well, so last week Jake and I interviewed our boss, um, but we always like to know a little bit about someone's backstory. So talk to us about where you were born and what it was like growing up Stefano. Okay, perfect. Uh, so I have born uh, in Italy, clearly in Rome, and I have spent uh, a lot of time in my life at uh, my family's coffee bar. I have done quite everything there from uh, study, working, uh, romantic dinner, lamp party, everything that is possible to do. <laughs> and uh, I think that uh, it has been really uh, an incredible place. There I have uh, learned how important it is to be passionate uh, about uh, love because my family go there now because uh, they needed money but because they really enjoy what uh, they was doing and uh, this is what I'm trying to find in my life and uh, actually create firm and develop businesses. Uh, I think uh, it is my mission. So your family um, opened a, a coffee bar I- in order to, to bring people we have had We have had uh, a coffee bar for uh, 50 years. My family has always had uh, uh, a coffee bar and uh, that place was uh, in a business uh, neighborhood, in a business zone, so only employees get there. And uh, the point is that when uh, only people that really knows you come to that place, you really need to get along with them mm-hmm. and to in contact and uh, do something more that provide them food. You need to provide them uh, an experience. Yeah, that's very true. So. I think the neighborhood, because Stefano and I got to chat earlier, where his family coffee bar is, it's not a super touristy part of Rome. And so you must see a lot of business regulars, like you said, and it's all about relationships, really, with any type of business. But I think especially in food and beverage, um, when we talk to entrepreneurs who have started food concepts, it seems really important that you have a relationship because there's so many places you could go for your coffee or for your food. It's like you really have to earn somebody's business, right, to get them to come back and dine with you or spend their money with you, right? Yeah, you really need to provide something more than food. You really, I mean, uh, that place was uh, our home and we like to be very welcome for uh, everyone that was visiting us. Yeah. We was uh, a family. <laughs> we wasn't a bar for sure. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So Jake and I are also huge lovers of coffee. And we talked earlier that 
American coffee is, in my opinion, not as good as Italian <laughs> coffee. And I can say that because I've lived in Rome. So what was the specialty? Did your did, Does the bar have a specialty? Is it a cappuccino, a latte, or a uh, just espresso? My brother has been the barman since... Uh, I was born, so he was really good at uh, preparing uh, espresso and cappuccino. In Italy, there are not a lot of uh, variants uh, of uh, cafe because people uh, love traditional coffee and traditional cappuccino, but uh, the ciambellone of my mother, a traditional cake in Italy, was incredible. Nice, that sounds good. And like craving coffee now that <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> oh, just like a real espresso, or they would just call it like un cafe mm-hmm. in Italy, just a little espresso, and you drink like a thousand of them a day, right? You just keep drinking them. But it's just, it's different, right? Because Jake and I, when we get an iced coffee here in the U.S., it's 32 ounces, 40 <laughs> ounces. It's like so much coffee and it's just a lot of it's water really oh yeah yeah you enjoy the ice kind of melting throughout the day and it waters it down and i don't know i don't know i like that i make my iced coffee last until there's nothing left mm-hmm. i like i don't throw away ice yeah like, you drink I just it slowly sip on it throughout <laughs> the day I, I like that for some reason we'll get you to try it's becoming popular in the united states in the last year a shakerado and that is like such a hipster drink right now, but it's very much just like the espresso brewed, and they put it in um, shaker. Yeah, shaker, <laughs> and they shake it with ice and sugar, and it makes it foamy, like yeah. you would almost like like a frappuccino, but it's not blended. And it is so good when it's hot out, and it's so easy to make even at home. But you can you can get shakerados now at a lot of coffee bars here. I have prepared uh, a lot of uh, secret <laughs> coffee in my life because <laughs> uh, in Italy we are used to do this uh, with uh, espresso and ice and uh, during the summer a lot of people like it mm-hmm. really refreshing awesome so what was it like I have to know what was it like growing up in Rome because that is such a beautiful city and it's so historic I mean uh I do love Rome, even if I do love to explore the world and discover new culture, new food, uh, new people. Uh, But uh, I think that uh, people of Rome are really warm and uh, are used to host tourists and uh, foreign people. So what you can learn uh, from Roma is to be open-minded, uh, open to other culture, open to other people, and to always give uh, a warm welcome to who is visiting you. Another question we ask everyone who comes onto the podcast is, if you could meet one person, either living or dead, who would it be and why? Uh, well... I think that uh, one of my favorite uh, hero is uh, Mohamed uh, Yunus uh, studying uh, his uh, theory at the university really changed my mind. I believe that uh, his approach to business and economics uh, is able to lead our society to better equality conditions. Too often people are interpreting business without consider ethics and human condition. 
his theory is simply able to conciliate business and uh, human needs. Uh, for who is not aware about uh, Mohamed, uh, he is the founder of the Bank of Pur, a bank that uh, discovered that uh, a lot of poor in the world were, were poor because of the lack of one dollar. So he started to lend one dollar only to mother and uh, he helped uh, so much people and uh, really improve uh, human condition mm-hmm. in a country that are not lucky as us. Mm-hmm. Less developed countries. I've only studied him a little bit and it is very fascinating human and I, I really like that you brought up ethics to Stefano because that's a lot of what we deal with here at the Better Business Bureau is we're so focused on business ethics and we seem to always bring that up as well in the podcast just about why it's important because ethics isn't necessarily a super exciting topic when you're talking about business and management and at the same time today now more than ever it seems to be very important to operate ethically um, because there is a lot of corruption in in the world so thank you for bringing up the ethics point I do love uh, ethics uh, of economic and uh, i mean, Yunus has been uh, the one that I choose, but uh, the other option was uh, Amrita Sen, that is uh, another one that is going to provide incredible uh, ethics and economic theory. Mm. So if someone wants to go over this topic, uh, for sure uh, should read this book. Awesome. We should have Stefano talk with Brian Moore. <laughs> yes, I was thinking that. So Brian Moore is on our board of directors here at the Better Business Bureau for the last 10 years, and I can definitely introduce the two of them. But he is the president of Conscious Capitalism Arizona, the Arizona chapter. And their premise, in a nutshell, we haven't had him on the podcast yet, so I don't want to give a spoiler and totally ruin it. But Conscious Capitalism is basically talking about how you need to put the needs of your employees and the good of people as part of the mission of your business and not just solely to make money, but to make money so that you can improve the lives of others and then use that money to give to charity or to do good with it. And that's really the premise of the conscious capitalism movement. And I know they're hosting their international conference here in Phoenix in April of 2019. So that would be a great connection point too. I think that's yeah. pretty interesting. It's a really unique um, kind of interview so far in the podcast because um, you are actually a person who's in the middle of starting your business, right? Yes, we are starting uh, MySpot. I'm running MySpot. That is uh, a platform that uh, aims to make networking easier and support uh, who is an entrepreneur. We have... uh (coughs) Uh, a service that uh, provides access to co-working spaces, accelerator, incubator, and we also have uh, services to manage a flexible workplace, uh, so booking system, devices that uh, allow to monitor occupancy and uh, so on. We have a, a lot of features, but listing features is uh, boring, so I will prevent this. Okay. <laughs> One thing you said about um, your family's sort of uh, way of doing business, about like getting to know the customers, um, how like like how how do you take that into building your own business? 
this is a really interesting question. The point is that uh, when I was uh, at the university, I was working at my family coffee bar because they really need uh, help. And uh, the point is that uh, I was I wasn't doing it because uh, someone was uh, asking that uh, to me. I was doing this because uh, that was my firm, that was my business. So it was important for me to help it. It uh, was mandatory, I mean. And now I think that uh, when you try to develop uh, a business, you cannot do it for money. You need to have... Uh, a name, uh, a mission, uh, a vision in order to be really involved and engaged in that project. You need to love what you do because uh, if you are not uh, happy of what you are doing, you are probably going to fail. I uh. totally agree with that. It's so important to start with the mission or the cause. My family coffee bar was uh, an engaging places and uh, we developed uh, my spot because of engaging places. I really need to uh, spread all over the world places uh, that uh, are able to connect people, to make uh, a moment enjoyable, to help you in what you are trying to do. Mm -hmm. So this is the reason that is leading me to work uh, as hard as possible uh, in order to make my spot a successful startup. I don't care about money. That's really interesting, Stefano. Talk to us a little bit more about my spot and how you ended up in Phoenix, Arizona, of all places this week. Okay, so uh, my spot has been selected by the German Marshall Fund for the YTT program. My spot uh, is uh, a platform with uh, three souls. The first one is uh, a map where you can uh, identify and uh, access co-working space, uh, flexible workplace, uh, so you can book a meeting room in order to meet a client or you can try to buy a hot desk for a day or you can uh, rent uh, a monthly desk. The second souls, the the second soul is uh, uh, a platform designed to manage a flexible workplace. So you can uh, have uh, all your kind of spaces listed. You can book them. You can uh, share it with uh, everyone else that is living uh, in the same workplace. And uh, the last soul that is uh, my favorite soul is uh, an ecosystem, what we call MySpot ecosystem. And uh, we are trying to listing all the <coughs> accelerators, uh, incubators, uh, co-working spaces, uh, communities all over the world. Because uh, this reality are granting to who want to become entrepreneur the tools they, that they are needing in order to develop their own business. So uh, I think that uh, be aware about what uh, the ecosystem is offering, who is uh, there to help you to develop your startup or uh, make you uh, an entrepreneur is uh, really important.
So everything is aimed at connecting people with with workspaces and, and the broader entrepreneur community. For example, here in Phoenix, there is coach Jenny is uh, my mentor for the YTD program, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Codes is not a space, it's a community where you can meet uh, other people that are trying to be entrepreneurs like you, mm-hmm. that are doing uh, something uh, incredible. There are events, uh, Jenny can connect you with uh, a lot of incredible people, for example, Kimberly, and uh, so on. So the point is that uh, this kind of place need to be accessible. Mm-hmm. I just need to know that uh, they exist, that they are there for me and uh, that I can have access to this kind of place just with one click. Why do you think it's important for entrepreneurs to connect like this? I was firmly convinced uh, that uh, networking is really important before uh, the YTL program, but uh, after the YTL program, I think that uh, This is the most important thing uh, in order to be an entrepreneur, to be able to connect with other people. Because uh, uh, you need feedbacks, you need uh, different point of view, you need to cooperate. You cannot simply uh, sit in front of a laptop and develop the most incredible uh, uh, service. You really need uh, to improve yourself by learning from uh, others. I love that. You can't do it alone, which is what we've learned when we talk to entrepreneurs and just being in the community. It's it's basically setting yourself up to fail if you think you can just work at home in your own office, never connecting with people. You miss a lot of opportunities to do business or to partner or to grow your nonprofit. Um, so I think that's key. And we love Jenny over at Cohoots, and we've gotten to work with her this past year to form a local Arizona co-working alliance. And so some of the spots you've seen, or all of the spots that you have seen this week, Stefano, um, are part of that local co-working alliance. So we're really focused on the ones, uh, the spaces in Arizona that are committed to helping entrepreneurs and to build a space where people can really collaborate, not just a desk. So I think that's that's really nifty. So when I was also speaking with Stefano earlier, I showed him Ignite, sparked by BBB, our new co-working space, which we're very excited about, and we are putting the finishing touches on. And I showed him the coffee area because we are excited, and we've talked about coffee. We love coffee. Um, and I asked him about maybe some of the amenities or perks that they have at the co-working space in, in Rome. And I was so excited when he told me what they give <laughs> for free in the space. Because this tops any perk that a co-working space in Arizona at least has. So can you please reveal what you give people for free? Yeah, for sure. Uh, my spot is uh, currently fin- funded uh, by a company in Rome that uh, is EFM, a real estate managing company that is uh, leading the Italian market uh, to the digital transformation. And... Uh, in our quarter, we have uh, free ice cream and uh, a <laughs> lot of <laughs> uh, space where we can enjoy an ice cream and share a moment with uh, hardware colleagues in order to share idea and uh, create something new. Free gelato in the co-working space. 
And again, because Jake and I are foodies, and I think we have foodies that listen to our podcast, what are some of the flavors we need to know uh, that are offered? You said before. Pistachio for sure, but we have uh, 20 kind of gelato always available. 20? Uh, 20. Oh my gosh. Okay, you name Daily them. Daily refill it. Can you name them in Italian? This is just a, like a little, this is just <laughs> to humor me to test. Name them in Italian and I'll try and say what it is in English. Pistacchio. Pistachio. Nocciola. Hazelnut. Zabaglione. That's like a cream, egg cream. Uh, stracciatella. Chocolate chip. Um, crema della nonna. Ooh, cream, grandma cream. Uh, traditional cream. C- traditional cream, okay. Cream. <laughs> uh, <laughs> strawberry. Uh, fragola. Uh, pesto di bronte. That, uh, that is uh, an ice cream made with... Uh, Frutta secca. Dried fruit? Uh, mm, a lot of kind of dried fruit. Okay. Um, then we have uh, dark chocolate, milk chocolate. Yum. Yogurt, lemon, cocoa. Cocoa. Uh, I cannot remember. I that's always good. That's <laughs> fine. That's good. That's making my mouth water. <laughs> it's that great you've so got good. your uh, Italian, your exercise in. Yeah, know. it's helping keep my mind sharp. <laughs> that's the I will never forget. I will always remember any type of food. Even when my Italian starts to fail me, I can always remember how to say food items in Italian. (laughs) Except I had not heard of crema di nonna. I had not heard of that one. Crema di nonna. Traditional cream. uh, It's just a funny name probably to make it... more attractive. Yes. I like how you try to access it with a cognate. Grandma cream? (laughs) Grandma cream. (laughs) There's one in Florence that I had too that's some, it's some sort of cream that you can only get, I feel like it was in Florence, some sort of crema ice cream. And I was like, how can you have all these different variations? Here we have pretty much vanilla, right? And you can get some really good vanilla ice cream, but this was like the essence of vanilla (laughs) and egg yolk in a gelato and it was so good. It was so amazing. Okay, anyways. But like on that note, like what's the importance of something like that though in in a co-working space? Oh, having food? Yeah. To connect people, I think, right? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, EFME's quarters is not formally on uh, a co-working spaces. There are uh, over 200 people that are are working there. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are employees of EFM, but uh, Everyone is welcome to visit and work from our spaces. Cause, uh, from our space, because we are really, we really believe that uh, to be open to other can enrich uh, your uh, ecosystem and bring uh, some uh, energy. Let me say this, and uh, gelato is uh, <laughs> important is to bring people <laughs> inside, mm-hmm. and uh, for sure have. Uh, an ice cream with someone is uh, a real good way <laughs> to share idea in a free way. Yeah. Yes, I love well, it. Yeah, ice cream is fun. And uh, in order to get people talking and driving well, you know, fun is a really great way to access that, right? Socially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think we should offer that here, especially in Phoenix in the summertime. <laughs> we would be very popular if we introduced the free gelato <laughs> idea. So if anybody out there that's listening owns a gelato store or would like to sponsor a gelato shop <laughs> inside of Ignite, please contact Jake or I. <laughs> Can you talk about uh, your kind of journey? Because I think it's 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 kind of unique and interesting um, from 
uh, growing up and, and, you know, working in your family's coffee bar to today, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> it is a good journey. That's a great question. I need to <laughs> share my fairy tale, I think. <laughs> yes, you said that earlier, a fairy tale. Because, uh, I mean, um, as I uh, said previously, I have worked uh, a lot uh, in my family coffee bar. And there I have met uh, Nicola Martinelli, that is the president uh, of EFM. I have been uh, his waiter for uh, 14 years and every day I provide him one coffee at the end of his lunch. When uh, I had uh, my degree, he bring me into his company and uh, when uh, with uh, other four colleagues we and uh, the idea at the basis of my spot, he supported us, provide us uh, the seed and uh, grant uh, us access to an accelerator so we could try to develop a hardware idea. Uh, the MVP goes well, so EFM decided to funding again uh, my spot and now we are trying to spread uh, our service all over the world but uh, I think that uh, I'm uh, really lucky because in in some way destiny is really helping me really really a lot but also it sounds like very hard work ethic too not just luck I think you worked very hard and it was it was somewhat fortuitous that you served him coffee for, you said, 14 years? And then, I mean, you built that relationship though, right? Yeah, I have prepared my first coffee when I was four years old. (laughs) So I have uh, worked uh, quite uh, all my life. But uh, I mean, this is probably a stupid sentence, but uh, when you do something that you love, you are actually not working. No, I think it's it's a sentence that uh, far too often is uh, is uh, is not thought of, you know, mm-hmm. when people are making decisions about their life. Mm-hmm. I agree. So something we talked about in your biography, Stefano, was the whole notion of defending ikigai, which I had not ever heard of. So I'm fascinated if you'd like to share a little bit more about what that means. Yeah. Uh, so. Ikigai is the Japanese word for uh, happiness. You can apply it uh, to a lot of topics, love, for example, but you can also apply it uh, to work, job. And uh, you find your happiness when four conditions are respected. And these, condition, these conditions are uh, you do something that you love, You do something that you are good at. You do something that is uh, helpful for someone. And you do something that uh, is able to provide you money. Mm. You need to earn a wage in order to live, actually. And uh, when all these conditions are respected, uh, you find your happiness. But uh, the point is that... uh, you don't have to be the president of the United States uh, in order to respect uh, this condition. 
if you do something that you love, if you are good at, if you earn money, etc. Being uh, a fisher, for example, you can find your ikigai and be happy. So happiness uh, is uh, a real relative concept. Uh, and uh, when you are trying to develop your uh, business profile, when you are trying to understand what you want to do in your life, you should uh, understand this concept, in my opinion, at least. Mm-hmm. I think it's a hard-learned concept for a lot of people, um, especially for myself. When, when, I, when I graduated college and had all of these sort of like role models that I looked up to, uh, people that had sort of like, quote unquote, made it um, at a younger age than even I was, um, you, could, you start to compare yourself. Um, but I think after a while in life, you need to decide what makes you specifically happy rather than chasing an ideal. I agree of what other people think you should conform to or what you think you should have been to compare yourself to. I think that's a really that's a really deep topic. We could probably dive into that yeah. for several more hours if we had the time. <laughs> I love that. I think that's something interesting too that I again, the millennial generation, we could probably do a whole separate podcast on. There's stereotypes that come against millennials, positive, negative, but it does seem to be the direction according to studies that I have read, that millennials care about the mission of a company and making a difference in the world more so than previous recent generations. And like you said, that could be um, in a more utilitarian way, in a really labor-intensive job, behind a desk. It depends on each person, but you can find your own happiness doing what you enjoy, what you're good at, something that allows you to eat every night and... What was the fourth piece? Something that helps people. Uh, I mean, uh, at the beginning of uh, my job, when I was a stagiaire and uh, I do really simple task, for me, was a problem because uh, when I was a waiter, I really enjoyed to serve food to people. I see a smile in her face when the food... Uh, we prepared was good and so on so try to understand what uh, make you happy is really important your whole journey is fascinating to me um and your philosophy as well do you have any advice for other people that are sort of in your position or thinking about starting their own companies yeah for sure again connect with people i mean uh, you have to learn with others cooperate with many and share with uh, everyone who who thinks uh, that uh, his uh, business idea is the most incredible and brilliant uh, that uh, world have ever seen uh, is probably doing something wrong <laughs> again <laughs> and uh, the last uh, advice that uh, I would like to provide to anyone uh, who is able to take in consideration my opinion is uh, learn uh, as if you were to live forever that is uh, a famous sentence of Gandhi and uh, the point is that uh, you should try to be a better person than yesterday every day in your life and uh, the only way you that you have to be a better person is learn something 
you don't need to learn something that is uh, useful, but uh, you need to learn something. And uh, the last part, uh, that is an advice uh, that I have provided to Kimberly too, is uh, read uh, the poetries of uh, Wisława Zimborska, because uh, he really understands uh, the human condition and uh, can help you to discover yourself. It's beautiful. Yes. It's great. Thank you so much for being here today, and we can't wait to welcome you back to Phoenix soon, Stefano. Grazie. Thanks uh, to you for this opportunity, and uh, thanks to EFM and my spot uh, to support me, and uh, for sure thanks to Waititi for granting me this uh, one life uh, time experience. Wonderful. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao. Wait, before we take it off, let's teach Jake to say a proper goodbye, like how you how you would say in Italian. We'll teach Jake something. Arrivederci. 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 Good. You can roll your R's, Jake. I can Jake. roll my R's. That was pretty yes. good. Was that good? Yeah, yeah. This was really good. So maybe we can try to teach uh, him uh, something, a <laughs> something uh, <laughs> that is typical from Rome. Okay. Uh, Daglie forte. Dai forte. Incredible. <laughs> Are you from Rome? So <laughs> I'm just I'm just a parrot. I can I can copy anything. I don't even remember what that means. Uh, it means uh, like uh, uh, this is a good goal. Oh, good. Go goal. on. Dai forte. Dai oh, like die, like when you say like for at the soccer die. team, die, like you yell that <laughs> at, a, at a sporting event. That's a good one too. In bocca al lupo. In bocca al lupo. Perfect. Crepi. Uh, actually, you have to say Viva il lupo. Viva il lupo? Crepi il lupo. Uh, uh, no. I mean, uh, uh, the real is that uh, this uh, proverbio and proverb come from uh, um, a legend about the foundation of Rome mm-hmm. and uh, a wolf save uh, the two children that founded uh, Rome. Romulus mm-hmm. and Remus. Nice. I know the You're story. Exactly. It, and uh, <laughs> since that uh, wolf was uh, acting like uh, her mother, mm-hmm. she was defending uh, them. So, viva il lupo. Long live the wolf. It's this saying that means like, good luck, like break a leg kind of. In bocca al lupo means good luck to you. Ah. And then you say viva il lupo. Yeah, at least me. Okay, I like that. <laughs> Long live, because crepi means... Uh, die. Yeah, <laughs> crepi means die. The wolf may die. All I right. never understood that. Well, well <laughs> via lupo. In bocca al lupo. In bocca al lupo. Yes. In bocca al lupo. In bocca al lupo. In bocca al lupo. In bocca al lupo. Viva. Perfect. <laughs> What a wonderful and totally unexpected conversation with Stefano Santarelli. A little backstory to this episode, I was actually in a meeting in our BCC last Wednesday, and when it was over, I came downstairs to find Kimberly, and in her usual enthusiastic tone, she said that she had just met this really interesting entrepreneur from Italy, and we should totally interview him for the pod. So about 20 minutes later, we had him in the studio, just dropping some profound bits of wisdom left and right. You know I'm not a religious person, 
But I do believe that there are angels that come into our lives from time to time. And, and these angels, they can set us on a new path or open our eyes to something perhaps we always knew was there, but for some reason or another couldn't quite see it. I think Stefano is one of those angels, and I wish him the best on his life's mission of bringing people together. Some good news this week. Our Integrity Online auction to fund scholarships for ethical youth has reached its goal with a final count of $10,420. I'm sending out a very special thank you to all of the businesses who donated to the cause as well as all of our bidders. We've got another event on the horizon. Our BBB Maricopa County campus is celebrating its 80th anniversary with an open house on November 1st from 4 to 7 p.m. and it is free for all members of the community to attend. If you plan on doing so, please register on our Eventbrite. We have a bit.ly link that I'll try to include in the show notes, but just in case, you can find it at bit.ly forward slash 80th BBB. That's bit.ly forward slash 80th BBB. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Watch out for those angels, folks. They're out there, and you'll find that they'll drop in when you least expect it.